0: What up, everybody? It's an it's that time again for that Fight Talk podcast, whatever day it is for you. It's Tuesday for us right now. I think it's been a weekend. Uh, we did what, well, for me, I, four wrestling shows in three days, and Jensen actually watched more. So a uh, busy, busy weekend around this UFC 265 we're about to talk about, bro.
1: Yeah, man. It was a great weekend in professional wrestling. And in mixed martial arts, it was great to watch this UFC 265 card and I did the watch along on the Fightful YouTube channel. So thanks to everybody who joined me for that that watched along for the pay-per-view. And if you didn't go over there and uh, click on it, like just let's get the views up on that. That always helps out. And if you want some uh, alternate commentary, you can hear my thoughts on the co-main event and main event live. I I was on during the Aldo Munoz and the Gone and Lewis fight. So um, I'm basically doing like a play-by-play type thing, some alternate commentary. If you guys want to check that out, once again, it's YouTube.com/fightful. And then, of course, Mo's here was at the Scenic City Invitational Tournament, calling all the action for night one and night two of the tournament, as well as the Future Showcase, which I loved the whole weekend of that. I also watched Violence X Suffering and GCW this weekend, and IWTV 100. So there was a lot of really good independent wrestling. Make sure to use code fight talk, everybody. If you're going on IWTV.live or independentwrestling.tv, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K. Use code fight talk. Always one word with no space. Put it in that promo code spot. Helps us out as a podcast when you do that. And then, of course, shout out to Fight TV. F-I-T-E, Fight TV. Um, that's where you can find GCW VXS. They had AW as well. with uh, They had Stallion Rogers on there. They had yeah. Eddie Kingston on there. Um, I haven't had a chance to watch that show just yet, but that was another big one from the weekend. So, um, so yeah, a lot of good pro wrestling, a lot of good fights, so uh, good weekend for me.
0: Very good weekend, man. Very proud of the work <clears throat> I was able to put in with Dylan Hells over for SCI Night 1, Night 2, the Futures Showcase, as well as the TWE Night Before show that will be up on IWTV, hopefully Within the next week or so, uh, very proud, very happy, ready for next week, next weekend. I'm back at right it, but I'm also ready for next year to see what SCI 2022 gives us, man.
1: Um, yeah, we, we already know Damian Tangra. We do. We know um, Damien Tangra. Some of those names you mentioned
0: are on other shows this weekend. I wouldn't be shocked if those maybe made their way down the old
1: Tennessee way. Love it. Love it. Um, and also Moses, you should be proud of your work this weekend. And everyone listening should be proud of Mose's work this weekend because this is a dude who I knew you when you were I don't know how long you'd been doing wrestling commentary, maybe with maybe with Resolute when I met yeah. you. Yeah, um, definitely. Just Resolute. But but you've come a long way in like just that like the last couple years that we've known each other and this dude, for y'all listening right now, Moses is sitting there in the booth with Struggles, with Dylan, with with Emil for, you know, VSS yep. and stuff like. Yep. Some of, like, the top guys that, you know, people are always buzzing about. And Moses is right there in that conversation with those dudes. So, like, that, you should feel proud, man. Like, you're you're doing big things. You're doing great work. You add to the shows you're on. And I, uh, I always enjoy it. I, I And you see it. I almost always tweet when you and Dylan are, are team together. Like, I'm yes. always tweeting about it. Like, I'm always happy to hear it. So, um, so yeah, man, you should give yourself a pat on the back. You had a great weekend.
0: Thank you, bro. Thank you. always do. always appreciate your energy, uh, the support of everybody. And it is. It's easy being in there with those, especially those three you rattled off. Just so good. Uh, very blessed to be able to, to work with them, man. I uh, can't wait to get back out there with Dylan this Friday and then back. Um, hopefully with shrugs and Emil before I know it, but yeah, yeah. Can't thank you enough, bro. Um, now that we got all that out of the way, uh, let's, let's talk about this, this pay-per-view. We had a big old UFC 265 this past weekend, all kinds of names, of course, capped off with the interim UFC heavyweight championship. And... Surreal gone, left H-Town with that interim title around his waist. Derek Lewis goes down in the third round, TKO due to punches. Uh, we were able to watch this um, this main card live, Stephen, me and Brett Eisen together. This was one that uh, Brett was really rooting for Derek. I was rooting for Derek, but I think after you and I talked last week, I really thought gone uh, was going to be able to, to win this match. I thought by decision, I thought he was going to win the fight of the judges. Does't get to the judges, Stephen. What did you think when this uh, this match unfolded and then of course, when uh, when we've had to get in there and break it up and gone was crowned your winner?
1: So you know I've said this quite a bit and I, I always get kind of I forget what show I say certain stuff on uh, throughout the week, but so y'all might be hearing this more than once, but basically I need to preface all this by saying for this fight that if I had surreal gone and Derek Lewis on a sheet of paper side by side, With all the boxes underneath them of like, you know, all the attributes it takes to be a successful mixed martial artist. I would check every single box for surreal gone, except for knockout power. I put that over for Derek Lewis going into this fight that and but even because of that and because it was in Derek Lewis's hometown, I felt I still chose Derek Lewis to win the fight in the predictions, even though on paper you should choose surreal gone like yes. i mean he's better at every other aspect of mixed martial arts um now that said surreal gone looked super impressive he was able to use his his technique and use distance in his his range and basically what Derek lewis was trying to do and it, he was unsuccessful was he basically just kept lunging. He kept kind of lunging left and right and back and forth. And what he was doing was trying to get Gon to make a specific move one direction or the other to put him in a spot where Lewis thought he'd be able to knock him out. He was just just kind of constantly trying to bait him into, into the position he wanted him to go into to try to land the knockout strike. The problem with that is Gon didn't fall for it at all. And Gon just peppered him up And he just, he just kept landing. Um, He was very effective in his striking. He outstruck Derek Lewis. I don't have the stats in front of me at the moment, but he, I mean, it was a, it was a one-sided clean sweep as far as like all the statistics are going to go. He looked great. And, and there. in all honesty, I think Berkley Otto was the referee, if I remember correctly, there was probably two or three times that that uh the referee could have stopped that fight towards the end also like gone had lewis hurt lewis was turtled up and covering his head and not really fighting back and uh yeah super impressive dominant performance by surreal gone uh he's just straight up once again you look at the paper he's just the better athlete he's the better striker he's the better grappler he's better on the ground um he's got a better chance of submitting you and once again, Lewis has knockout power, but gone proved he also has knockout power, not the kind of one punch KO power we see from Lewis, but more of the I, I, I know why we always use the Diaz brothers as the example. But but more of the, you know, yeah, pepper them up, pepper yep. them up. And now they're hurt. And now you are going for the kill. So I can't really say I mean, there's not a whole lot more I can say about it. like surreal. Gone is the real deal. He beat Derrick Lewis fair and square. He beat his ass fair and square. Like, that was one-sided. It was one-sided as it gets. Yeah, so what were your thoughts on it, man?
0: Uh, you summed it up, man. I, I thought I, I was kind of um, – Brett was really fired up. We both were, but I, I, I could tell, man, he really wanted uh, Derrick Lewis to land that big shot. I know the, the home crowd, hometown crowd wanted it, um, but it felt like the jump, man, that was surreal gone. He was motivated. He was locked in. He knew what he had to do. Uh, there were a couple times there where I'm glad the fight wasn't stopped. But before it even was, Derek kind of covered up. And I just, I, I think he kind of got shook. And it's kind of what you're saying of, you know, he's not going to fall. My big plan, he's not going to fall for it. I don't really have a backup plan. And as you've already mentioned, man, you know, gone as all those check marks across the board. So it was, man, it, it was as dominant as it gets. Um, that puts him to 10-0, and real gone now, 31 years old. Ten and zero, a fresh thirty-one, mind you. He turned thirty-one this past April, so uh, thirty-one, ten and zero. Now he has that interim heavyweight title around his west or his waist. Now, what what happens now is we we've, we're surely we're going to get gone and Engano, right? Like that's that's the move. Um, how long do you think we wait for that? And uh, of course, how you know after this performance we just saw, is it still Engano uh, and then everybody else, or do you think surreal? Can, you know, maybe uh, turn some heads in this matchup if we get it.
1: So, the, yeah, that's, it's going to be very interesting because even as we saw in this fight with Lewis, there were times where Gon, I, I, I can tell that Gon has more power than what it looks like. Like, it obviously, he knocked out Lewis still, TKO'd him, but there was a lot of times in the fight that I noticed where, like, Derek Lewis was, like, reach like, pointing at his eye. Yes. Like, like, and it, you know, he might have thought he was being poked in the eye. I'm not going to speak for these guys. They're the They're the ones in the cage fighting for their lives. Like, I'm not going to sit here and think that anyone's like out there, you know, trying to cheat or whatever. But it was one of those things where Lewis was definitely shook, like you said. Like, he kept, he, it was like he wanted it out, it felt like. And gone was playing with legitimate punches. Like, they were not eye pokes. And, and Lewis kept kind of reacting like they were eye pokes, which leads me to think one of two things. Either Lewis, once again, kind of wanted a way out because he's like, oh my God, I'm getting destroyed. And also he spit his mouthpiece out uh, before one before the finish also at one point, And it bought Lewis some more time. Um, like Lewis was getting pieced up and then he spit his mouthpiece out and they had to like break the fight for a second to get the mouthpiece back in. Um, but the point is, I also think part of it is sometimes you get beat up so bad that like, like he's eye he might have thought he got poked in the eye and got hit so hard in the face. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. that's um, what I
0: thought.
1: but that's the thing, is like that that's kind of good speaks to the power of Surreal Gone. Like he's hitting you in the eye socket so hard that you that you think you're getting poked in the eye. You know, like I I uh I so that all being said, you know, as far as the matchup with Nganu, I feel like that is the one you have to do. Obviously you got interim title and, and true title. Um it's a much tougher one to call now because if Gon can implement the same game plan, what she even said in his post fight interview, um, he said that he basically just, he, he just implemented his game plan to a T like exactly what they practiced in training camp is exactly what he did. And it worked. Um, if he can fight that same way against Nganu, he has a real chance of beating him. um, now, Ngannou I think is a better fighter than Derek Lewis, although Lewis beat him in their in their fight. But that was like a that was just bizarre world for both guys that night. Um, I the and that's the thing, right? Like Francis Francis is the best chance of finishing you within the first like two rounds. Surreal gone if he can weather the storm. I think gone has a really good chance of winning rounds three, four, and five against Agali like Francis because I think I don't think Gon's going to gas out. I think Francis might, um, but once again, Francis has more knockout power. And and if I had the two of them side by side, like with the boxes or whatever, G- Ngannou would check more boxes than Lewis did because, like, athleticism wise, like I think Francis is, is a super athlete. Also, he's a different type of athlete than Ngannou but they're both very athletic. Um, Francis has better knockout power, in my opinion, than Israel GON does, as, as I felt with Derek Lewis. Um, but I think, Francis instance, Ngannou is also more competent at, like, takedown defense. I'm not saying that he's a better grappler than Ngannou. I think Ngannou is the better grappler. But I think Ngannou is better in some of these areas than Lewis is, um, which I think makes it more interesting. But... So, like at the end of the day, like early prediction, I am taking Francis and ganu I, okay. I just it's very, very, very difficult for me to pick against Nganu right now against anybody with how he's looked lately. But Surreal Gan is, in my opinion, he is undisputedly the number one contender. He one hundred percent deserves to be the one to fight and next. Um, and he does present the most interesting matchup against him because Nganu's only other option right now is stipe or John Jones, but the John Jones situation—that's such a wild card in the division because you don't know when his contract stuff's going to get spe- settled with the company. And it's John Jones, you know what I mean? I love the guy; he's one of my favorite fighters ever. But like, there's—he's—he's he's very much a wild card for a lot of reasons. So, I think the safe matchup is gone and Nganu. And I think—I think I saw this week that Stipe has told Dana that he'll fight John Jones if Jones will accept. So if they can do John Jones versus Stipe Mioczek at heavyweight and have the winner fight Gone and Ngannou, like the winner of that fight, like you're set up for the next like year or so on like blockbuster level heavyweight title fights. So that's that's what I would do in a perfect world. I do Ngannou and Surreal Gone, and I would do um, Louis. Sorry, I would do uh, Mioczek and uh, John Jones for number one contender. Ooh. Yeah, those are
0: there's some big fights. I think somebody, um, you know, I, I don't I, somebody that a lot of people were are maybe surprised to see in that big heavyweight fight is surreal gone, who has quickly, you know, made that name. Um, but uh, when if and when that does come to be um, that he does get Francis in and I know a lot of people are going to take in Ghanu, but I'm with you, man. I think gone has the ability to make that. Closer than the people people are going to expect, and he may, if he can put that same game plan, man. Like you know, it, this was a, a quick. I know it was three rounds, but those those rounds kind of flew by, just the way Gon was, how he was pacing, how he's baiting, how he's doing what he wanted to do. I know it's a different challenge than Gonu, but if he can kind of have that game plan and can uh, and can get to that fifth round, I, I think it's very possible that Surreal Gon is the clear cut heavyweight champion. Uh, I think it's a fight that I want to see and one that uh, and the number one contender fight you mentioned would be probably the quote unquote bigger fight for most people's eyes but gone and Ganu, man that that's after this performance it's Derrick Lewis that should have a lot of people circled and, and wanting to see that one because he could he could beat Francis Ganu. I mean that's the fact of it you you're going to have to take a punch no matter what he took two I think only two significant strikes from Derrick Lewis but one was that uh, he he landed a big uh, big shot to the body to the or excuse me to the to the head that Gone just kind of walked down. So, if you can withstand one or two of those, um, it's a big if, but if you can, uh, you can stay in there and make this a fight. And that really gets in your opponent's heads. And I think Gone is doing a great job of that, man. And uh, again, your interim UFC heavyweight champion, Surreal Gone, great performance. In the co main event, talk about legends. Like we've mentioned some legends today uh, Jose Aldo back in the cage, bantamweight division in there with Pedro Munoz in a unanimous decision win, 30-27 across the board. That's what I'd have given, uh, you know, watching the fight live, Stephen. I think Jose did everything he wanted to do and, and now has two wins in a row.
1: Yeah, yeah. I uh, I think when I was watching live, I think I gave the first round to Munoz. But Correct. either way, I had... I, all, all three judges had a 30-27. My brother had a 30-27. We were watching it live together. Um, I So... Jose Aldo, yeah, he looks great. Like, he really does. Uh, his the, the beginning of the fight, the reason I had Munoz ahead was because he was landing a lot of leg kicks. Like, he was landing more than Aldo was. The significant strikes was pretty similar, but, like, Munoz was... I just thought Munoz looked better in the first round. But then after that, Aldo, like, really started to turn it up, and he started really letting his, his hands go. And Aldo has such great boxing technique. Like, the way he mixes in his uppercuts and hooks and... And you know, the, his movement and everything like Aldo still looks really damn good out there. I think he's only 34 still. I think we said last week. Yeah, you're so right, like, 34, which is just so wild. And Munoz, I think, is the same age. So these guys are like they're they're veterans, but like, you know, both so, so good and still could have so many years ahead of them. Like, I think Jose Aldo, he could very well make another run at like pot. And obviously he was the one of the best featherweights ever and he's had a shot at the Bantamweight title against Piotr Jan but depending on how that division kind of unfolds Aldo could very well find himself in a Bantamweight title fight again sometime in the next maybe year or two and even if things don't go his way in MMA or like he gets tired of it or gets too beat up like certain body parts or whatever he could go into boxing like Anderson Silva has just recently done again and stuff, and he could probably have a whole nother career doing that if he wants. He's still young enough to do this stuff, yep. Um, which is wild. Um, but although he finally started letting his leg kicks go in like the second and third round, that's one of his biggest weapons, in my opinion, just being able to chop people's legs the way he is. He's, he has such good kicks. Um, and Munoz's game, dude, like he's a good fighter, he's a very good fighter. Um, uh, but Aldo is just still a better fighter than 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 Munoz. And at the end of the day, Aldo, Aldo's legitimately. Uh, if I pull up the rankings, he's probably in the top five of bantamweights. He's ranked at number five. So, I mean, and that's rightfully so. Like, I might even put him over Rob Font. Like, he has a case to maybe be ahead of Corey Sandhagen. I mean, like honestly, I mean, I love Corey Sandhagen and Rob Font, but like Aldo, I think he has a chance of beating those two guys. I think Aldo could, we don't know how, um, well, we saw TJ Dillashaw versus Corey Sandhagen, but I think we could totally be in a world, uh, you know, soon where we see Jose Aldo versus these dudes. Like these are all matches I want to see. I want to see TJ Dillashaw and Jose Aldo or, or May Sterling and Jose Aldo, you know, like there's, so I, I, I can't believe I'm saying it, but like all, Jose Aldo is, is he's right there in the mix still. And he's still one of the best fighters in the world. And, uh, I don't think it's crazy to think that he might get another Bantamweight title shot in the next couple of years. And if he wins one more big fight in the top five, he'll probably get a title shot again. And I don't have a problem with it at all. So, um, yeah, huge shout out to Jose Aldo. The guy's looking great.
0: Yeah, great win, great performance, keeping things going. He will turn 35, the ripe old age of 35 next month will Jose Aldo. And, And again, we mentioned the career he's had um you know a month out from the 35th birthday it's pretty nuts man he feels a- older just because of how much you know he has done this being his what 30th career uh, MMA win for, for Jose Aldo this past weekend 30 and 7 career record uh, i'm with you, bro can't wait to see him want to see him in those big matchups He's still got it strength still there speed still there does what he wants man a great performance always happy to see Jose add a win um Next up in the middle of this main card, the welterweight scrap man. This was a, this was a surprise. I mean, if you'd have told me how this fight was going to go, I don't know if I'd have believed you because of how high I was on Michael Chiesa coming in. But a clear cut, you know, dominant performance out of Vicente Luque. And there were twice I thought he was going to get this submission before he finally got this Darson Chiesa answered back. Looked like it was, you know, it was just a good back and forth. But very, very impressed by this win. Vicente Luque, first round finish, Darstroke submission over Michael Chiesa. Bro, how did you feel? I mean, you know, we have both talked about Vicente a lot. We've watched his career. Um, you know, a win like this on this pay-per-view, that was crazy.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's huge for Luque. Like, yeah, it's, it, this is a big fight for both guys because I think Chiesa was number five and Luque was number six coming into it. And neither of these guys has fought Kamar Usman before. And that's like a big selling point also because Usman has already beaten so many guys ranked above them. So like, but yeah, this was wild. Like, Chiesa got Luke onto the ground early, got his back early, was working submissions early, almost had him in a choke a few times. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, okay, Chiesa going to run away with this because he's like, he's just the better He's a better grappler like and i thought you know Luque was looking better on the feet like right when the fight started luke looked crisper on the feet which is i think what everyone expected and then case got him to the ground and then that's like oh this is case's world now and then yeah on the scramble on the way up basically luke locked in a perfect darce choke and uh yeah like i definitely i definitely would not have i think even in the predictions i said you know if luke i I would have luke winning if it was like a knockout or a tko i would have kiesa winning if it was a submission or a decision um and i thought that kiesa was going to submit him and he came pretty damn close um but but he didn't get it done and luke took advantage and that was that was done perfectly i mean and that's that's cool also now because you see the the skill set of luke and it's like now you can't even be comfortable with the idea of like well if you're Kamar Usman, for instance, if he winds up fighting Vicente Luque or even Colby Covington, because Colby and, and Usman have a very similar uh, fighting style, regardless of who wind, winds up winning the title. Um, if Luque winds up fighting the winner of that at some point, or even the loser for like number one contender or something, I don't think you can be super like confident in yourself if you're Usman or you're Colby that, that if things aren't going around the feet that you can just take him down. Because if you take him down, now you have to worry about getting choked. So, like, mm-hmm. and, and, he, and he just choked, like, and it's one thing to choke, like, certain guys. It's another thing to choke out Michael Chiesa, who's, like, known for his jiu-jitsu so much. Like, so if you can choke out Chiesa, you could probably choke out anyone in the division. So, yeah, Luke really upped his stock. And like I said, welterweight's a very strange division because you have... You know, you have the Diaz brothers, you have Connor sometimes, you have obviously the Colby and Usman stuff. You have Leon Edwards like just constantly right there. Um, and then you got Burns and Wonderboy and stuff like and you got Maz and and his star power. I mean, there's a lot of factors to consider at welterweight when it comes to the title shots, but on pure merit at this point, Luke has as much of a of a um, claim as anybody to get a title shot.
0: Yeah, no, I'm looking at his record right now. Um, his only loss, you know, since 2019, I actually took that back. His only loss since that Leon Edwards loss back in 2017 is a loss to Wonderboy November of 2019. Outside of that, we're talking wins and finishes over, you know, Nico Price, Randy Brown, Tyron Woodley, Kiss, all those in a row. His last two fights, the, the win over Kiss and Woodley, both Darce, Choke. First rounds, damn near at the exact second. You know, we're talking a little over three minutes, a little closer to four minutes here. Like, less than a minute difference, bro. That's nuts. And, you know, you put in with, you're saying four in a row now, and five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of your last 11. He's won um, a finish like this, man. It really really does. It feels like, you know, he's got to be, like, one, you know, maybe one more away, and he's really maybe a clear-cut number one contender like that's how impressive this run Luke's on that i think a lot of people are overlooking
1: yeah and you know there's some factors there too with him because like i think him and gilbert burns were really good friends so like so they won't fight each other but i think burns has made it pretty clear that he'd kind of step aside as far as like if luke needed to fight somebody or get a title shot or something like burns has had his chance and he wants luke to have a chance now and and you know i'd maybe run back him and wonder boy like, cause that was a really damn good fight. I think that was on the BMF title show. Um, was it like 244 or something like that? Let me look it up. Um, uh, Vicente Luque, yeah, UFC 244. Let me just double check. I think that was the BMF. Yep, that was the BMF. I just remember that being the best fight of the night on the BMF card, which like that really stood out. Um, but, I mean, yeah, Luque, he's looking damn good. He really is. I if if he beats Wonder Boy then like, you know, why not? You're the only guy that I feel like has more of a claim that hasn't had a chance yet would be Leon Edwards. But the problem with Leon Edwards in a lot of fans' eyes is the last time we saw him, he was getting beat up in the fifth round by Nate Diaz. Like, like he won the fight, clearly, but a lot of people are going to have a hard time getting over the fact that like, man, if that goes to a round six, though, you know, Nate probably beats him. So it's like, that's who you're trying to sell as, as the as the next challenger. Um, whereas Luque keeps having these like like you know definitive impressive finishes. And uh so yeah, that I, I, Luque did himself a world of good with this win over Kiesaw on Saturday.
0: Great, great, great performance, great win for Luque. Um awesome card, UFC two sixty-five. We're gonna do a couple more on this main card, and then Steven's gonna hit you with some of the highlights from the prelim card, and then we're gonna be out of here as there is no UFC this weekend. Big time bummer, I know. Uh, the brand will be back in action August 21st from the Apex on, I believe ESPN it is, on ESPN, UFC on ESPN. Cannoneer versus Gastelum, August 21st. So we'll be back next week. We're going to re- you know talk about that, preview that a little bit. Um, but, but moving along here, two more on this main card. Uh, this next one, women's strawweight straw fight, Tisha Torres beats Angela Hill. Another unanimous decision win, 30-27, 30-27, 29-28. Uh, just a great performance out of Tisha Torres, bro.
1: Yeah, two really good fighters. Um, Angela Hill looked good as well. I just think Tisha looked better. I mean, it's that, it's that simple. Like both Both great. I'm a big fan of both. Um I predicted Torres to win the fight. I, I got yeah. that prediction correct. I actually got all the predictions right on this show except well, except for Gone and Luke. So I guess three out of three and two, that isn't that hey, impressive, I guess.
0: Three out of five ain't bad.
1: Yeah, yeah, not too bad. But uh but yeah, the Torres uh the Torres fight, I mean she just looks really damn good. And now when you look at her in the division at straw weight let me get that pulled up. So she's gonna be sitting at they have her at ten. I, th- I don't know if this is updated or not because she moved down in a spot because that wouldn't make any sense. Okay, so, yeah. um, but, I mean, she's, once again, when you look at, like, the strawweight division, you have kind of the usual suspects, like, of, of late, like, the champion Rose, you got former champions, Wiley Zhang and, and Yon Jacek, you know, up at the top. And Carla Esparza, who's been really, really solid, former champion or, in her own right. Uh, Yen Zianan or Zhonan. Uh, is I mean there's a lot of really good fighters in that top 10 at strawweight if Tisha Torres can just beat a couple of these women I mean she has history I I believe she's fought Nami Yunus and Jan Jacek uh, but I'm going to double check that so that I uh, know if I'm accurate or not she has fought (laughs) Jan Jacek one time and lost to her she has fought Nami Yunus twice she's one and one against Nami Yunus so that's that helps her a lot. Possibly too is is selling a trilogy fight right there between Torres and Amiunis potentially. So big win. And Angel Hill, like this, doesn't hurt her. Like she's still one of the top women at strawweight. She's still going to be highlighted in big fights. She's still going to be on big cards. She'll probably For sure main event. You know, uh, ESPN shows still and stuff like that. Like it, this is just a good. This is just a case of two women who were just really really good, and Torres was just the better woman on Saturday.
0: Yeah, very, very great performance. It was We were watching this one live. I, what you just said, I thought, you know, Angela looked good. It's just Tisha looked really good, and that pushes the win streak. I believe what is she up to three in a row or four in a row now? Three in a row, three in a row for Tisha Torres coming out of this win at UFC 265. The uh, the final fight on this main card, it was a split decision, man. It was close, a split decision win for Song Yedong over Casey Kinney. It went. 28 29 29 28 30 27 so these judges were all over the place steven jensen how did you see
1: song versus Kenny? a uh, a very close fight uh, i i had song i had song winning but like i honestly wouldn't have been upset if Casey got the the decision like that's how close it was um the 30 27 it only looks strange because it's just it's the whole 10 point must system like these rounds were all very close Mm-hmm. um so it's like you know you just kind of got to pick one or the other based on you know what you perceive to be more impressive is really at the end of the day what the judges are having to do and this one once it just very very close fight both guys are awesome yadong is still i've I talked about him all the time he's still like 23 years old you have 23 i'm just like verifying their ages as i say casey kenny's like early 30s i think he's exactly 30 so Uh, Still guys that are still young. Casey Kenny's a guy who's probably still like right around entering his prime or right in his prime. And Yadong probably won't even hit his prime for another few years. And he's already this damn good. Um, So, yeah, this I mean, this is a great win for Yadong. I wouldn't have been upset at all if Kenny got the nod in this one. That's how close it was. And both guys have have super bright futures. Um, And in the Bantamweight division, I'm interested to see where Yadong was uh, was ranked. So he so neither of these guys ranked to the f- top fifteen, but that's actually not that surprising considering the just the murderers row of the top fifteen. But I'd imagine these guys were both like right outside the top fifteen. Like that win might have put that might wind up putting Yadong in the top fifteen potentially. But um you can slow build this kid too though. That's the thing. He's only twenty three years old. You don't need to. You don't need to have him fighting like the best of the best fighters over and over and over again. Like just keep building his name, keep building wins, um, and, and keep building that market, man. Like it's never a bad thing to have a, a Chinese, you know, UFC fighter. I mean, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of people there, and a lot, a lot, a lot of them love mixed martial arts. We saw that with Wile Zhang. Like she blew up in the UFC after just a few fights, a, a few big time fights. Won the title. Next thing you know, Wale Zhang is like – and she's ha- and she had like super entertaining fights too. And Yadong has the same type of style. Like he's super entertaining. He's exciting. This guy could be a really big star for them. A good-looking dude. You know what I mean? Like he, he really checks a lot of boxes you would want out of like a big star for your company. And once again, I can't stress it enough, 23 years old. By, by the time that guy's like 25, 26 – you know, we, uh, this guy could be a real... Uh, I, I'm not saying this lately. I talk him up a lot, but, like, I think Song Yedong really could be a really big star for the UFC.
0: No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh, shows in his fights. Um, just watch out again. That youth, man, by the time two, three, four more years, like, watch out, watch out, watch out. Uh, that was your main card. I know um, a performance of the night, So I'm going to rattle those off for you real quick. Surreal gone, of course, got uh, got that 50 k bonus. Vicente Luque. Jessica Pinier and Miles Johnson all from the prelim and early prelims getting 50K bonuses. Um, it was a fight of the night that I think Steven's going to highlight as well as maybe one or two more uh, from this UFC 265 prelim card.
1: Yes. So the fight of the night, Rafael Fazeev versus Bobby Green. And that dude's name, Fazeev, I'm calling him Fazeev. The reason being the commentary mainly called him that. But I noticed Bruce Buffer, I think he said Faziev or Faziev. So it's like he's one of these guys where the, the pronunciation is probably going to be all over the place. Well, I'm going to stick with Fazeev because I've heard that the most lately. Um, Bobby Green, I think these guys are two great fighters. This is a fight that honestly could have won either way also, in my opinion. Even though Fazeev got the 30-27, 29-28 times two on the scorecards. But Bobby Green, like th- those were some really close rounds. Great fight. Uh, Fazeev is... I mean, it's the lightweight division, so you know we know how stacked that is. But he's looked really good lately, and he's a guy that I could see busting into the top fifteen very soon, potentially. And once you're in that top fifteen at lightweight, um, that's that's one of the big quote unquote money weight type divisions in the company. So um, that good good things ahead for Fazeev, and Bobby Green's. I, I I'm a big fan of the dude, and I just you know he'll he'll get back out there. He's he's a true fighter, and he'll you know. He's going to be fine. And once once again, this is a fight that like he could have potentially won of the scorecards if there was three different judges. Like it was a really close fight in my opinion. And then the other fight that I'll highlight, Alonzo Menafield defeating Ed Herman, got the decision 30-27 across the board. Deserved that win. Menafield beat up Ed Herman, but the reason I'm bringing this one up is because Ed Herman is tough as hell. He had this like swelling hematoma looking thing on his shin like halfway through the fight because he was just like getting beat down and he kept fighting through it. Like most fighters in his position probably just went like, yeah, I'm good. Like I'm going to take my show money and get out of here. Like I've been doing this long enough. And like, uh, and not Ed Herman, that dude throws down. He's tough as hell. He always comes to fight and no matter how bad he was getting beat up by Alonzo Menafield, he kept throwing back. Like he never got finished and he kept trying to fight and he kept trying to win and I have nothing but respect for a dude like that, like Ed Herman and huge shout out to Alonzo Menafield because he really put the beat down on a on a true veteran in Herman. And Menafield, I think, has a bright future at light heavyweight.
0: Yeah, no, great fight. Uh, I was able to go back and watch that one. Of course, that main uh, that that fight of the night was sick. All kinds of finishes on the early early prelims. We had a couple. We had a flying knee. We had some some knockouts, a TKO. So top to bottom, man, exciting stuff. UFC 265 in the rearview mirror. Like I mentioned. We're going to be back next week. We're going to be talking about uh, a preview about UFC on ESPN, Cannoneer versus Gastelum, one more time, August 21st. No fights this weekend out of the UFC. Um, Back at the Apex, August 21st, and a couple of Saturdays, bro. Uh, Very excited to be back. Man, it was a a wild weekend. It was a long weekend, but I'm happy we were able to knock this one out and talk about 265 because it was such a – you know, there's surprises and uh you know, we have a new interim heavyweight champ and Jose Aldo. So happy we got this in, bro. Always happy to be here with you. Uh anyone listening, please follow me at most K O B K. Uh and, and then yeah, man, we're gonna be back here and I can't wait to be talking about Kenner and Gastelum with you next week, bro.
1: Yeah, for sure. Looking forward to talking some more MMA with you soon. Uh keep a lookout, y'all. We might be doing some more Twitch watch alongs. So uh Uh, follow my twitch channel it's fight talk underscore it's the same as my twitter f-i-g-h-t-t-a-l-k underscore um everything else i got going on i'll keep updated on my twitter uh support fightful and fightfulselect.com and uh all things mma i started writing lists again uh some new videos coming out soon that i've written and hopefully going to be video editing uh again some more uh coming up soon so support that youtube channel as well all things mma on YouTube, and. yeah. Once again, fight talk underscore, all the stuff I do, I'll just keep updated on there on Twitter. Um, anything left from you, uh, Mose, before we get out of here? No, man.
0: Thank you. Thank you all the fans for listening. Thank everybody for the downloads and, and just everything, man. Uh, I'm so happy to be here. Can't wait to be back.
1: Well, for Steven Jensen and Jumpin' Johnny Mosley, boom book Mose, y'all, if you're, <laughs> if you're out there in the world of independent wrestling book, jumping Johnny Mosley for your shows, Um, Until next weekend, or until next week, rather, uh, we'll be back talking some more mixed martial arts.